Mother's Day is a very special day. Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Uh, you know, when you're doing things online, it, it, it doesn't make sense to little kids sometimes. Ruth would have the kids, Maggie and Wyatt, watch as I'm teaching online or preaching online, and they would say, why didn't he talk to me? So Wyatt, is he here or is he left? He just, all right, I was going to get him come up here so I could introduce you to Wyatt, my three-year-old, but I don't have time to do that anyway. Mother's Day can be hard, though, even though it's a special day. For those who have lost a child or those who have lost a mother, also for those who cannot have a child, Romans 8.32 says, He that did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, won't he also with him freely give us all things? There are a lot of things in life I can't understand, but I really believe that God does work things together for good and that we can trust him, even though times are hard sometimes, which was the case in Exodus chapter 2. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 2, we're going to learn about a mother. doesn't give her name here, but later on it does give her name, and her name was Jochebed. Amram and Jochebed were Moses' parents. According to Exodus 6.20, they already had two children, Miriam, who was the oldest, and Aaron, who was three years older than Moses. In Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, this is what it says. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister, which would have been Miriam, stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. When she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. I know that, that we have read this Bible study before in Sunday school life groups and so on, and it's a, it's a great story. But as, as I look at it, uh, we, we see several things about Jochebed. Number one, Jochebed faced difficult circumstances. If you want to read verse number or chapter number one of Exodus, it, it talks about the problems that the Hebrew nation was facing. A new king who did not know Joseph came to power. And he was a cruel king. He was oppressing the adults, making them to work very, very hard, treating them very poorly. He decreed that baby boys should be killed at birth. But the, the midwives, uh, they sort of delayed going 
and the women had their babies quickly, and as a result, that plan of Pharaoh was not working. And so then he decreed that baby boys not killed at birth should be thrown into the Nile River. As we look at our nation, we've got our share of problems, do we not? And one of those problems is, is the sin of abortion. Uh, and there, there are so many babies that are being killed. And unfortunately, our government is promoting it at this time. And it's, it's really, really sad. We know that God can forgive for abortion, but we also know that abortion is wrong. But this was a situation where not only uh, were, were baby boys being killed at birth, but after they were born, they were be thrown, being thrown into the Nile River. It was a difficult situation. In fact, in Acts chapter 7, it talks about the situation. Acts chapter 7, beginning at verse number 17. It says, But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the delivery from Egypt, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. So, so we see here that that Jochebed faced difficult circumstances. She knew that if she had a baby, if she had a baby boy, that baby boy could very well be killed. It was a difficult time for the Jewish nation, a difficult time for mother. But not only did she face difficult circumstances, she trusted in God. We see that in Exodus 2, verses 1 through 4. Uh, the, the woman, verse number 2, conceived and bore a son. And I believe that one of the reasons she did that was because she trusted that God could take care of her son. When he saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it by the reeds by the river's bank. Sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. She was trusting God. She was depending on God to take care of of her son. We, we know this because that's what it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 23. That portion of scripture has to do with the heroes of the faith. And it says in verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Instead of being afraid, they trusted God. Isn't that exactly what we need to do? Instead of being afraid, we need to trust in God. Does that mean that bad things won't happen to us? No, it certainly doesn't. And as, as I have opportunity to pastor a church, I see many things that are difficult. But in the midst of difficulties, it's interesting how many people are trusting God. It's interesting at the end of a year when we have sharing, the people that have gone through the most during the course of the year are quite often the ones who are praising God because he took care of them in the midst of difficult circumstances and situations. Jochebed trusted in God, and that's exactly what we need to do. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
So she faced difficult circumstances, and many of us do the same. She trusted in God, and then she saw God work. We see that in verses 5 through 9. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. Her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Do you think that was a coincidence? Do you you think that, that it just happened by chance that Pharaoh's daughter was the one that came and found that little that little ark? No, I don't believe so. I believe that God was working things together for good. We see his sovereignty in this situation just as we see it in so many others. When the princess opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on the baby, on Moses. And she said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. In other words, she saw the child and she thought to herself, I see this child, the child's weeping. She didn't think I have compassion, but just naturally she had compassion on the child. Then Miriam said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse from you, from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? Miriam was pretty sharp. Uh, she, she was a little bit older, of course, than Moses and Aaron, and she knew exactly what to say. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. But Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him and also brought him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in the meantime. She was, pray, she was paid in order to take care of her own son. Jochebed saw God work. And so often we see the sovereignty of God. Not only was Moses saved from death, but he was well educated. Uh, The princess adopted Moses as her own son, which means that Moses had a favored position in the land and was given a special education for service in the government. And he was well prepared to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Not only that, he was well prepared to write or to author Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I believe this was God working things together for good. And that's, that's Romans 8.28. We know that verse. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Isn't it good to know that God is sovereign? Even when we go through hard times, even when we go through difficulties, we can trust him and depend on him to work things together for good, just as he did in this situation. I believe there's, there's one more point here. Jochebed was used by God through her children. God used her to make an influence on her children, and as a result, her children made a difference for God. Uh, she, she had raised Miriam well. We all already talked about the fact that Miriam was was at the river, and she had the right words to say. Uh, God blessed in a special way in that regard. We see in Exodus chapter 15, verses 20 to 21, where after crossing the Red Sea, it says, Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. And we see that Miriam was used by God in different ways. Of course, we recognize that that Aaron was also 
raised by Jochebed, and God used him in a significant way. He was the high priest, uh, the chief priest for, for many, many years as they were wandering through the wilderness. Uh, none of them were perfect, but God used them greatly. The reality is none of our kids are going to be perfect. Why is that? That's two reasons, because of sin nature, number one, but number two, because we're not perfect. And the fact is that God used them significantly, all three of them, even though they were not perfect. Jacobet raised Moses as well. And we don't know how many years exactly that she took care of Moses. We, we know it was at least a couple years or more. And, and the, the scenario was that during that time, the child grew. In fact, look at verse number 10, Exodus 2.10. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, so she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. We, we see that he grew. That brings me to Luke 180. You remember John the Baptist? It says in Luke 180, the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation to Israel. So we see that John the Baptist grew. How about Jesus in Luke 2.52? Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. We see that Jesus grew in various ways, wisdom intellectually, stature physically, favor with God spiritually, favor with man socially. And just as Jesus grew, so we as parents need to help our children to grow in those four different areas. And as we do that, as we give the basic foundation for our kids, there's no telling what God can do in their lives and through them. We have one other example in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse number 5. Paul said this to Timothy, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Did you know that faith is contagious? And it's not true that we have automatic faith. We have to believe individually, personally, ourselves. But when our grandparents, when our parents know Jesus Christ in a personal way, then what they have a tendency to do is pass it on to us. We need to make sure that we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that we're spending time in God's Word, we're spending time in prayer, and that way we can really make an impact on our kids. Uh, different, different mothers have different ways to get kids to go to bed. Uh, what my mother quite often did was she would be she would tell a Bible story when it was bedtime, and then she would start praying. And we as kids, we respected prayer. We figured when, when somebody's praying, we should not interrupt. And, and mom, if you know her, she can, really, she can really talk and she can really pray. Uh, she would pray and pray and pray. And guess what the kids would all do? They'd all fall asleep while she was praying. Uh, the Learning from the Word of God, from Bible stories and so on, and listening to prayers, I believe, made a big difference in my life. God's Word is so important. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse number 14, says, uh, Paul talking to Timothy, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From childhood. I believe it's important for us as parents to make sure that we are communicating to our children 
the Word of God. We're communicating to them the gospel that even though we're sinners and we deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God, God sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that if we believe in Him, we can have everlasting life. I don't believe that it's a decision that you let them grow up till they be about 20 or 18 or 21 or whatever to make that decision because by that time, the influences of the world will be prevalent. We need to make sure that our influence on our children is significant when they're younger. If we believe God's Word, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins, then we need to share with our kids at a young age. I remember when I was five years old, coming back from vacation Bible school. don't remember vacation Bible school, but I remember being in the car and talking to my mom about going to heaven, and she led me to trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Isn't that what we seek, need to seek to do? We don't force them to do it. We don't push them to do it. But we give them the information. We share with them the good news of Jesus Christ and trust God to work in their lives so that they might say yes to Jesus. Uh, for many, it might not be when they're real young. It might be later in life. But I believe that when we give them the foundation, when we share with them the Word of God, when we lead them in prayer, when we lead by example, it makes a big difference in their lives. God's Word is important. It goes on to say in verses 16 and 17 of 2 Timothy chapter 3, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And we can start that process with our children when they are young. Jochebed, uh, she was used by God not only in her own life, but also through the lives of her children, through Miriam, through Aaron, and of course, through Moses. You know, I, I think that as we think about mothers, sometimes we do take them for granted. Uh, they do go through hard times sometimes. Didn't you enjoy that video as he imagined what mothers go through? Uh, it's amazing to me. Guys are supposed to be stronger than girls, but holding kids, uh, we can't hold kids as long as, as, as our wives can hold kids. God just made them to take care of children like they did. We need to recognize that our mothers do a lot. They face difficult circumstances, but mothers need to do three things. Trust in God, depend on God to work, see God work, and then be used by God to make a difference in the lives of their kids. And I do appreciate my mom, my, my wife, Darlene, and, and uh, so many other mothers that have really made a difference in the lives of their kids. Never too late. Uh, we as mothers, as grandmothers, as great-grandmothers, we need to make sure that we're praying, that we're spending time in God's Word and sharing God's Word with our descendants to make all the difference in the world. I think we need to recognize that the same thing is true with fathers to a great extent. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 23, when it talks about the faith of Jochebed, it also talks about the faith of Amram, who was Moses' father. And we too need to be trusting God. We too need to be seeking to, to trust God to work in a significant way in our kids' lives. And we need to be used by God. Is it not true that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask according to the power that works in us? We just need to trust Him to work in a special way and to use us to make a difference in the lives of our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, 
and so on. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for the opportunity to learn about mothers and about the way that you use mothers to accomplish great things and to make a big difference in the lives of their children. Lord, I pray that we will, just like Jochebed and just like Amram, we will trust you, trust you to work in our hearts and work in the lives of our children so that you can use them for your honor and for your glory. We recognize that all of us fail. None of us are perfect. Uh, and, and indeed, uh, Miriam and Aaron and Moses, none of them were perfect. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, it records that. But we're thankful that you use them. We're thankful that you can use us and use our descendants to make a difference for you, for your honor and for your glory and for the furtherance of your purpose. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.